morning. It's going to be the Word, the life, and the light. And this is our base scripture. It's going to be John 1, verses 1 to 5. But I'm going to be reading it from the J.B. Phillips because I really like that translation. And then the rest of the time, media room, I'll be reading from the New King James, all right? All right, so let's get started. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, we bless you this morning. We count it a privilege that we can come and sit at your feet, that we live in a country that has the freedom to assemble together. I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's God on the earth and in the believer. We thank you. You're our teacher, your leader, our guide. You reprove, you correct, you disciple, and you discipline us, Lord God. You instruct us, Father, by your Spirit. We thank you, Father, that your Spirit is ever abiding in us. And we thank you, Lord God, for impartation, for revelation, Father, for wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, and the perception of the Word this morning. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about the Word, we're going to talk about the life, and we're going to talk about the light. And we're going to look in the Word and see how we are supposed to deal with our season on this earth. That's what I call it. We all have a certain season on the earth. And we need to make the best of it, don't we? We need to make the most of it. And the best and the most is only able to be made if you're in Christ. Otherwise, we're not making our best or our most, and sometimes we're ignorant of that before we receive Jesus, but still, you know, God has a plan for mankind. He always did, and He always will. Amen? So, we're going to start John 1, and it's 1 to 5, and this is the Phillips translation, and it says this. It says, at the beginning, God expressed Himself. That personal expression, you know, God is a personal God. He wants to be up close and personal with us. That's why he sent his spirit to live in us. It says that word was with God and was God, and the word existed with God from the beginning. All creation took place through the word, and none took place without the word. In the word appeared now catch this. In the word appeared life, and this life was the light of mankind. The light still shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out, and never will be able to put it out. The light shines in the darkness. The word is God, was with God. The word created everything that we can, you know, taste and smell and touch and feel and... and um our five senses, and hear. So we want to remember that this is, what, this is what we're going to talk about today, about the Word, that the Word was, the Word was God, and God was the life, and the life was the light of man. So that light now is within you. That light is within me. When we receive Jesus and we understand that the Word was God and is God and always will be God and that in that Word is life, then that should motivate us and really compel us. We want to come and get in the Word. No one should have to beg me to get in the Word. No one should have to tell me, why don't you get in the Word? Why won't you, you know, join to a body of believers that have the Word taught and preached to them? 
Why? Because if you saw this scripture, and see, that's why we have to be taught. People that won't allow themselves to be discipled, they may never come across this scripture. They may never come across the truth. You have to be discipled to come to the truth. This thing about, I'll sit at home and I'll get it. You won't, because one, you don't need to. There's plenty, plenty of opportunity to hear the word and receive the life and for light to come. I mean, that's what happened to each one of us. We walked that process. We heard the word. We, we, received, we made a choice to receive the word. In that word was life. We started experiencing that life and and then in that life there was light so that then I could tell where the darkness was in my life I mean that's that's how this is God wants us near to him he wants us with him all the time because he's in us and he's with us all the time but he knows if we don't get this in us if we don't get this thinking if we don't get this mindset then you know we're gonna miss out we're, gonna, we're not going to have light when we need to have light come in the middle of that darkness. Because you know what? There's darkness in us. You know, there's things that come against us, and if we don't understand, that's not right. You know, I never knew. I mean, I never knew this until I got in the Word. Because I, I came out of religion. I was never not in religion. Born in the church, raised in the church, always in the church, in the, and steeped in religion. And I never knew that it's not just our lot in life for some to be sick and some not to be. I never knew that. But then I got into the Word and I found out in the Word, it's evil. Sickness is evil and it's wicked. I'm not wicked and evil, you're not wicked and evil, but the sickness that comes and attacks us, it is evil and it is wicked and it is not of God. It is not that life. It was not that life manifested. It's not the light that we are supposed to be walking in. And when I found that out, then I began to shine the light on that darkness in my life because that darkness was in my life. I mean, when you're told you will chronically be ill and it will shorten your life. So I had accepted that. I was glad for the life I had and whatever else I was going to get because I was very young when I was told that. I was 24 years old. So I accepted that because I didn't have any light and I didn't have the life of God. So when I accepted it, I began to cope with it, and I decided, all right, I'll learn over a period of time because it'll come on slowly. I'll learn how to deal with it. But y'all do realize I was dealing with evil. I was all wrapped up in evil. Without the Word, I'd have never seen that. Without the Word of God, alive and well, and being preached and taught, I would have never seen, well, I'm going to be one of the ones that got the chronic sickness and, you know, a birth defect, they said. It was a birth defect. And um, that's just the way it's going to be. But yet God. But God. So I want, us to, I want us to think about this one while I'm sharing these scriptures with us this morning because it's all about the word manifested. Let's turn to 1 John 2. 1 
verse 2 in First John. It says, the life was manifested. See, life manifested. Not just talking about life, not just hoping I was going to get some life, but I begin to see in the Word, wait a minute, life manifested. If it's being manifested, I can take hold of life. Right now, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit over here on the dark side, and messing with death eventually. But I can come over into the manifested side, the life side, and I can find out what is this life all about? What can I do with this word and by this word? What can I do about this? Because, you know, the world will tell you, you can't do anything, accept it, learn to cope, learn to deal with your problems, whatever that. Mine just happened to be an illness. Yours could be anything. You know, you, yours could be poverty. Yours could be poor relationships. You can't get past it. You just can't get past it. But my brother had four marriages by the time he was 39 years old. How many of you would say Buddy could not get past a good relationship? He could not get there. He could not get into a good relationship. He just couldn't. I'm just saying. But yet there's the word that says life is being manifested. Amen? So it says this. That which... Oh, excuse me, I skipped one. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declared to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So we're talking about an eternal life, a life that doesn't grow old, doesn't grow cold, doesn't wear out, that whatever manifested life you have need of, you have a desire for, because it wasn't just about... Um, poor old me, sick, but then it was, I found out I can become, I can become the image of Christ. I can become, I can become pleasing to God. I can know him. I can walk with him. He can know me. This was like, what? I mean, this was an eye-opening revelation to me. And when I began to talk to other people, other friends that were in my same church, and I said, did you know we can know God? They're like, oh, we, don't be ridiculous. I said, he's the word. God is the word. We can know God. If I can know the word, I can know God. When I know the word, I know God. And it's not that I know everything about God, but there's some things, and we're going to talk about this in Philippians, um, that... We need to settle down into that we do know, that we do know, because we can know. The passion says in that First John 1 and 2, and then um, if you go on over to 2.8, you don't have to go there. It says that he was the living expression. That word became the living expression and took on that body so that we on this earth could actually see God. Have you ever thought about that? We... People on the earth saw God because they saw Jesus. And that's what they were trying to tell the people. We have seen and we have heard. And life was manifested. Life came forth. It wasn't just talked about. It wasn't just written on a page. It wasn't just told to you, you know, through, down through history. But we saw the life manifested. He was the word that came from heaven, took on the body and, and, and the name Jesus. 
So that's really something to get a hold of, something to meditate on, something to get on deep, so deep that nothing, no situation, nobody can come and rip that from you, that truth. Because today I walk free, totally free, without man's intervention at all because of this word that was preached to me when I was 24, 25, 26, 27 years old, up until I was probably, no, I guess, no, that's not true. I was preached from 30 years old to 34 years old, and in four years, I took hold of this. I took hold of this, and I stopped it in its tracks. The word, I took hold of the word, and that word stopped it. That word turned me around and got me thinking in a different direction. That word actually became my healing and my health and my restoration and my deliverance. And, you know, you can't ever take that away from me. That is settled so deep down in me, so deep, that to tell me that God doesn't always heal, I will beg to differ with you. He does always heal. What are we doing about that? What are we doing with that truth? I took that truth to myself. All right, let's go on to Philippians 3. Because we want to get some things going here. Excuse me, let me have a drink. (laughs) So Philippians 3, 13 to 16. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. See, that's something we've got to keep before us. I'm not going to wallow in what was. I'm going to press forward. I'm going to go forward. That's what I'm going to do. I'm all about going forward. No matter what. No matter what the outcome was behind me, I'm going forward. And you know, I'm just going to say this. You may always come up with someone that will say, yeah, but what about that? You didn't go through that good. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. Um, You didn't see me go through that well, but where am I at? I'm out of it, and I'm going forward. You have got to know that you know. It's not about what I know and come to you and try to tell you or anyone else for that matter. It's what do you know? What do I know? And it's in the Word. What knowledge, what perception, what understanding do I have of this Word? What do I believe this Word is capable of? You know, I I looked up and and someone, um, they must have, counted all the but gods in the Bible, and they said there's like almost 50 but gods. Totally, the situation was gone. It was gone. There was no hope but God. And you know, this thing about, I I gave up this years ago because I used to say this, yeah, but. And then one time the Holy Ghost said, why don't you lay down the yeah, but and say but God? And so once from that day forward, you will never hear me say, yeah, but. You won't. I'm going to say, but God. When it looks hopeless, when any, everyone thinks, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. If I know that I'm in the Word. Now, I'm talking about being in the Word. I'm not talking about goofing off here. 
I'm talking, you know that you know. You're in the Word. You're submitted to the Word. You're committed to the Word. You come under the authority of the Word of God through a ministry. You have a covering. You have a shepherd. All these things come into play. Then you can but God to that situation and to that circumstance. You can but God. And you stay in that word. And God brings you through. Amen. So it says this. Um, let's go on. It says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, which we do have an upward call, do we not? We're not called to stay in adversity. We're not called to stay in, you know, um, situations and circumstances that are trying to draw us off from God. We're called upward into Christ. We're called to grow up into him and to, and to have meaning and to have purpose and to set our will to do what he's called us to do at any time, at any place. It says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. That's one of my daily confessions. Father, if I'm not single-minded concerning you, if I'm not running after the mind of Christ, if I don't keep that before me, if it's growing um, cold with me, then I thank you that you will reveal it to me. You'll correct me in it. Because I'm just not willing to go another way. I'm not willing. God is a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a fair God. He's a just God. And he is all truth. And I'm not willing to step aside and let something else come in between me and him. Nothing. It, I, nothing. I can't, I mean, there's nothing. I, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And you don't have to allow that to happen either because of this word that we have. Amen. And, this is, and then this is what it ends up with. It says, Nevertheless, to the degree, and I want us to look at this a little bit, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule and let us be of the same mind. Now, I, there's a quote here that I found, and it says this, it's, and I thought about this, yeah, this is right, about the secret of change is to keep your energy focused on building the new and not fighting with the old. And I thought, you know what, that's just like 2 Corinthians 5.17, about all things have become new now, that we're to put away that old, that our energy should be put at building the new. When I see it in the Word, when I see who I'm supposed to become, what I'm supposed to have, what I can possess, what I'm supposed to be about, I go after that. I go after it. When I see it, when I see it, I'll go after it. I won't sit back. I won't wait for something else to happen. I'll go after it. You need to go after it too because going after it is very satisfying. I had someone tell me one time, no, it's very tiresome. It's very tiresome always having to go after something, always having to seek change, always having to, you know, be told that sometimes you're not in the right place and you need to, you're off the path. But you know what? That's the hard place. 
once you get back on God's path, once you learn his purpose, once you give, go all in for him, once you get serious about the things of God and not just hanging around God, but you're hanging in God. There's a difference between being invited to the party and being in the party and a part of the party and enjoying the party or just you, you came around the party and you hoped you'd get an invite. But nobody invited us. We just hung around. I used to do that as a child all the time. The neighbor would have a barbecue with their family. And I just wanted to, I wanted to eat every Saturday night with them. And I'd try to go over and go across into their yard and act like I was, you know, just, what are you doing? I knew what they were doing. They barbecued every Saturday night for my whole life growing up. And I would just kind of ease over there, you know, children, and try to get an invite. Sometimes they would invite me to stay, but other times they'd tell me, Hugh Ellen, you need to go on home now. And so, and I'd have, yeah, and it was just two yards back to back. But they'd say, you need to go on home now, because of course they knew what I was doing. But let me tell you something. The best part was when I was invited in. The best part when I was actually enjoying the barbecue. And the best part is when we're in Christ enjoying what he's given us, what's been manifested. I mean, he's that word and he's been manifested. And in, his, and in that manifestation is life. And in that life is our light, the light that we can walk in, the light that we can shine in the dark places in our life. I mean, I, you know what? I almost, I'll be honest with you, I almost like it when I can find a dark place because I know I'm, I'm just pouncing on the enemy. I'm pouncing on him. That, okay, there's a dark place. I can do something about that. I can change that. I can change me and it'll change that. I can deal with it differently. I now know something about this situation that I didn't know before because light came. And we just read it in, in John 1. And the darkness could never, never, never put out the light. The light is never going to be put out unless I turn my back on it. Then in, in me it will be put out because I won't give place to it and I won't give attention and I won't acknowledge God. And that's what the Bible talks about. Sometimes there's scriptures that say because they wouldn't acknowledge God. They heard the word. They wouldn't acknowledge him. They wouldn't mix faith with it. They wouldn't give their self to it. So it didn't profit them. But that doesn't have to be our case at all. Not at all. There's no reason that we can't, we can't get into Christ get on the word of God, have that life come to us, and then within that life is the light that we need. Because I need light. How about y'all? I, I need light. Without light, what are we doing? I mean, I know we like to think there's a gray area, but there isn't. There's either light or darkness, blessing or cursing, life or death. There's no middle ground. When I was diagnosed with a chronic um, situation there was no life in that situation that was death it was death and you know so, nobody likes to look at it like that but that's what it was it was definitely death it wasn't going to be good 
Um, I had kidney disease, and they said 50 years old, you definitely will go on dialysis, and it will shorten your life, but, you know, you're 24, so you've got some life left. Well, you know what? When you're 24, you don't want to think 50 is, you know, then on dialysis. You don't want to think like that, but yet, you know, they have to give you the report because that's their report. That's the fact. But the word, the truth, changed that report and that fact. And that doctor had to admit. He goes, I don't know what happened to you. And I said, well, I'm in a church that believes in prayer, believes in the word of the Lord, believes that healing is still available on this earth today. And that's what happened to me. I mean, what could I say to them? I couldn't even say. I just said, this is what happened. I've gotten better, and, and finally it's just gone away. He says, this, this, is, he goes, this is crazy. He goes, because I knew him, because, you know, we've been here all our life, so we knew everyone. And um, he goes, well, this is just crazy. I said, it's not really crazy. I said, it was the Word. The Word was working. The Word is alive. He was Hindu. So I said, our God is alive. That's what I know to tell you. He goes, I don't, he says, I don't know what to tell you, but whatever you're doing, good for you, just keep doing it. And so, and you know, we saw him till he retired. Um, he's still alive. He's very old now, but he's, he is alive. And, um, you know, every once in a while, I see him in the grocery store, and I go, hey, how you doing? He goes, good, how are you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like but it's just funny because sometimes... We just don't want to settle the fact and, or the truth of this, that the facts are the facts, but then there's truth that goes beyond the facts. It's that but God. I didn't really have a plan about getting healed and well, but God's plan was healed and whole, restored and delivered. So I just came under the authority of the word. I got myself in a place that would preach me that word no matter what, even though they would bring me in. I'd be laying on the back wall, so sick, feeling horrible. But you know what? I got here. I got in that corporate anointing. I got in the anointing that said, one, there's believers here. Two, there's the anointing of God, the presence of God here. I know that these services are always prayed for and spoken over, that anything can happen in this atmosphere. I believe that today still. I believe that. I'm not going to be surprised if that anything happens one day because I believe it. And um, that in God's presence, in his anointing, and when you're in his will then anything can happen. Anything. Amen. Anything. Praise God. Um, go with me to John 16, 33. Okay, John 16, 33 says this. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. That's the word, the life, and the light working in the world. And Jesus wanted that word, that life, and that light to be working in the believer. Because Jesus was going to go away. He was going to be restored back into heaven and gain everything back. And he wanted us to gain. Do you ever think about it like that? That Jesus wanted us to gain. The word and the life and the light. 
And we have to press into that. We have to press, just like Paul said in Philippians. you got to press for that. You press into God to press on in this life so that you can have the best life here for your season on the earth. I saw that the life I was having at that time and was going to have wasn't going to be God's best. So I pressed in for life. I pressed into the Word, and that life came. And in that life, light settled down in me so that I could guard against wicked and evilness. I still guard against wicked and evilness in my life. I still do that because I don't want to be left with a repercussion, an aftermath, a side effect of something that, yes, I'm, I'm still going to be walking around, but it's going to be less than I should be. I don't, want, I don't want to settle for that once I saw John 1. Once I saw John, I'm like, I don't want to settle for that. Once I saw Philippians 3, I'm like, I don't want to settle for that. Once I saw the John 16, 33, I don't want to settle for less. We don't have to. We do not have to settle. Settle into God. Settle into the Word. Settle into the, His way of life. Settle in to the light that's in you. What you do know, walk in it. Keep walking in it. Don't be satisfied not to walk in it. I want to be able to walk in what I know. I know how to keep my heart. I know how to guard my heart. I want to walk in that. I don't want to let something get deep-rooted in my heart and take root when it's darkness. I don't want that anymore. I guard my heart against that. I can recognize it. I can recognize it if it comes through people. I can recognize it if it comes through opportunity. I can recognize it if it comes through a situation or a circumstance. I can recognize darkness pretty quick now because of this word, being in the word. Because, you know, the word is light and life. So everything that isn't that, I can recognize it. And I can say no to it. And it's not a big fuss. And it's not playing catch-up. You know, didn't, what did they used to tell us? That a, the, that a rut was just an open-ended grave. That's what they, remember when they used to tell us that in church a long time ago? And a rut's just an open-ended grave. It's true. You're taking the same ground back all the time, but you never get out of that. Well, you know, the more you walk in something, the deeper down you go. Pretty soon, are you going to be able to even see? I mean, think about it. You know, get your, get your imagination on that. How many times are we going to take back the same old, same old? You've got you to gotta be careful. You've got to guard yourself against that because it looks like, yeah, I'm doing something. Woo, look at me, I'm doing something. But are we? Or are we just taking back the same ground? The enemy takes it, we go and get it back. The enemy takes it, we go and get it back. He takes it again, we go back and get it again. I want some new horizons, you know? I do. I don't have a, a problem, you know, causing him, uh, what should I say, trouble. I want to cause him trouble, but not the same old trouble. Amen? I want to go forward. Now, um, I've got another quote here because I thought this was good. Another quote that I found, this is an unknown quote. Nobody knows who said this. But, you know, we're talking about um, pressing forward. We're talking about, you know, making 
a goal. Because, you know, the enemy has goals for us too. But God has a goal. So we want to, you know, get the plans and the purposes and the goals of God. Well, there is, there is a quote. I saw this a long time ago, and it's unknown, so I can't tell you who said it. But it says that the same voice in you that tells you to give up is the same voice, watch this, that can be trained to tell you keep going. That spoke to me. That spoke to me. Because we're a training center. We're being trained. As I'm trained, I will recognize the voice that wants to say, just give up on this one. Give up this time. It's okay. You can deal with that. It's, you're good enough. No. That same voice that's in me that's wanting to talk to me like that, I'll take that voice. I'll train that voice with the Word of God. I'll get that voice where, you know what? Keep going. You won't be able to say anything anymore about quit. Keep going. Give up. No, keep going. I thought that was a good quote. A really good quote. The same voice. We can be changed and we can make a turnaround. Don't let anyone tell us we can't. They're lying. It's, it's a lie from the pit. It's just a lie. We can. Here's what David said in Psalm 119. Um, I'll just read you some of these things. In Psalm 119, David said this, that his desire was to run God's course. That's what David's desire was. We know David was a man just like us, and yes, David messed up. But his desire, the desire of David's heart was, I want to run God's course. He didn't have the Holy Spirit within him. You know, the Old Testament, they, if you heard the word, you had to hear the word through prophets. And hopefully you believed that prophet or you had some, you know, put some credit on that prophet. Because if you decided, you know what, I'm not, that prophet, no, I'm not going to believe him. He's too old. Oh, that prophet's too young. No, I'm not going to believe that prophet. But that's where you had to get it. But now the Holy Spirit lives within you and I. And we can actually, one, hear the voice of God, know the difference between God's voice and all the other voices. And we can take that voice that's within us and we can train that voice. Because you know what? I probably have had a, had a voice that's told me before, oh, just give up. This is good enough. See, that's a give up. You don't think it is. But that's a quit and a give up. It's good enough. Really, that's a give up because you didn't go the distance. You didn't go where we should be going. But anyway, here's another thing David said. David said this. He said, I eagerly, I love this, I eagerly pursue your word because you continue to increase my understanding. Praise the Lord for that. I, this, me being in the word of God and pursuing it and pressing into it, it's not for nothing. It's not for nothing. The more I do that, the more God will increase my understanding. I trust God in that. He didn't just want to keep us busy. No, he just didn't want to say, look at them. They're just in that word. Look at that. That was my word. That's me. They're just all over me. No, he did it for our good. For our good. Psalm 119. Yep. Um, here's another quote from him out of Psalm 119. Teach me to live by your word. That's important that we make a life in the word. 
The word is life. We already read that in, in uh, John 1. But are we making our life in the word? Do I make my life there? Do I check how my life is doing? When something comes to my life, do I make sure it lines up with the word of God or do I just accept it and take it? You know, Pastor Morgan, I've told you many times, we're in business, so lots of opportunities come to us. Every opportunity is not of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's not. It's just not. And yet, but they come fast and furious, just as many as we could want, any day. I mean, any day. But we have to know that we know we're in the Word. And is that, is it darkness? What's operating in that opportunity? What are we going to have to deal with if we say yes to that opportunity? Because sometimes, you know, you look down the long haul and go, you know, but in the long run, that's going to be something. And, but what about the road to the, to the long run? What about that road? We've been down that road. It's ugly. Man, we've been down that road. Mm, not good. So we can know that we can be taught. We can be taught to make our life in that word. It says, also he said this, that the entrance, which we sing a song about this, the entrance of his word brings light. And that's what I'm talking about today. The word, the life, and the light. We have it all. We have it all. And we have it as much as we want it. And it's, if you are going to be bold and confident about, confident about getting in there and pressing in and digging in and going all in and refusing to turn aside, refusing, refusing, refusing to shut my ears, shut my eyes to the word, then guess what? You're going to grow. You're going to realize, wait a minute, the word, the life, and the light. That's, that's where I'm at. That's my life. That's who I am. And you will be that one that will see the change, that you can focus that energy on building the new. You know, I'm building things right now in my life that are new to me, right now that I found in this word that are new to me, right now. And I'm going to focus my energy on building the new, and I'm going to just forget about when I didn't, the old stuff. I'm going to just forget about it. It's behind me now. I've come through it. And it's behind me. And I'm going to focus my energy on that. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's what we've got to do. We have to do that. Um, if Let me say this to you. There's always going to be an opportunity to run away, to run off, to step out, to take a break, whatever you want to call it, to give up, to give in, to say, well, maybe the next time it will be better. But you know what? You don't need to do that. We don't have to go that far. We don't really have to quit. That's right. We don't have to quit. It says the righteous stumble, but they rise. We can stumble, but we rise. And we don't have to just make a life of stumbling either. But we can stumble and we will rise if we're in the Word of God. If we are in that Word and we have that life and we know there's light in there, then we really can... Um, overcome and we really can conquer and we really really can please God and we can thwart the enemy we can crush the enemy like we're supposed to be here doing 
crushing the enemy, bringing the enemy under our feet at every turn, recognizing, shining the light on him, and knowing this is the enemy. I'm going after him. I'm going to crush him. And it's all done within this. You know, kids' church, they always tell me, if the devil showed up and came through that door right now, I'd get up and kick him and beat him with my fist. I said, he's a spirit being. You wouldn't be able to see him come through the door, and you won't be able to kick him and, and kick him and beat him with your fists. I said, this is the way you beat the enemy. You know, everybody looks at the ground then. Because, you know, they're children. They're being, they're being trained, but we're being trained too. So the goal is don't look away. Look straight ahead. Look, look, look right in the face. You can look in the face of God. You can also look in the face of your enemy. And you can have God's results. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. The time that we spend, Father God, in your word, Father God, I thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Father. Your word is alive. Your word is well, Father, and it's on the inside of us, bringing that life, bringing that light, Lord God, to us, that we will take hold of that life, and we will take hold of that light, and we will utilize it, Lord God, and we will stand up, and we will go forward, Father, and we will be the good soldiers, Lord God. We will be the ones that are sold out. We will be the ones that are confident and, and have a hopeful expectation Lord God, of, of um, overcoming, Father, and conquering in this life, Lord God. We thank you for it. And we praise you for it, Lord. And Father, we thank you for an opportunity to give. We know the tithes is 10% and is to be brought into the storehouse, but there's also opportunity, righteous acts of giving, Lord God. We can purpose in our heart, Father. We can sow a seed, Lord God. And Father, we thank you for this opportunity and for these times that the willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land that you have provided for us in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen.